Hello, welcome everybody. This is another episode of Reconstructing Psyche. I am your person, <laughs> Michael Breesh. I am your other person, Eamon. We are both people. We are both humanoids. <laughs> we are not artificial intelligence. No, there are bodies connected to these voices and brains. We are organic creatures. Yes, we come from this earth. Yep. And we're we not produced by uh, artificial intelligence. intelligence. No, we are here. We're actual beings. We're tangible. We're here right now. Yes, we are. Yeah. Male structured bodies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the reason we're talking like this is because we watched her. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, this is good. We got her. to watch this movie together. Starring both Scarlett Johansson and... Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. We watched this movie. We were able to watch it together and talk about it as it was going on. So that was good to compare notes. And I think it's going to prepare us well for this conversation. So, I mean, I I kind of feel like I want to let you start off because, I don't know, you you seem like you're trying to grapple with it a little bit. I'm still digesting the movie. One of of my real interests... Aside from psychology, is transhumanism. Mm. So they do. Oh, yeah. The idea of human beings joining with uh, <clears throat> a robotic body, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think eventually it's going to. Eventually, the natural state of evolution would be something like that, where there is more of an integration between technology and the human body, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. Neuralink's going to be one big one that's going to come out. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of going on in More, this movie, right? Yeah, and well, in terms of the movie, it's assistive technology, right? In her, which to, I'm still digesting the film. I've never seen it. I've avoided it for years. I've known about the movie mm. for a long time, mm-hmm. but I, I had I wasn't really interested in watching it because it sort of confirms certain fears for me, like what? In, a, in in a way of how eventual eventually society would get to that point. Mm. You mentioned something earlier. Mm. This movie was filmed in 2013. Yeah. I think a little bit before the AirPods came out. Yeah, for sure. But in the film, you see many of the characters having communication with many of their earpieces. Everybody has. I I think every character, even the extras in this movie, have an earpod. Everyone has an earpiece and what looks to be a phone. It's not a phone. They don't make it a Mm. phone. But the earpiece does... Does does enough to, to behave like a phone, but not mm-hmm. everyone is scrolling like we have society today, right? Well, they don't scroll with their hands anymore. They're no. scrolling with their voice, and the the computer or the phone is reading them everything or yeah. showing them everything. So they don't. It's it's all hand handless in a way. It's, it's all handless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Touchless. Yeah. Exactly. Which seems like that would be like the natural progression to technology in a way. Yeah. Um, just having an earpiece. I think they're coming out with uh, contact lens where mm. you could just see, uh, yeah. I guess, your screen, your yeah. home screen. Maybe really connected to your computer, your Mac or PC or mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. You scroll through that, right? For sure. So, And then you have an earpiece on. It is sort of a natural evolution. Um, so it's kind of, it, I mean, with that in this movie, a lot of people seem kind of in their own bubbles in a way a lot of time right one of the fears that people have is sort of the echo chamber 
Mm. And that's a popular term I wrote about in Echo Chamber before. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big ones that happened was during the BLM movement with George Floyd. Yeah, Many people were stuck in their own echo chambers where it seemed like many people were getting images of the protests without getting an alternative view of what Mm. really happened. Mm -hmm. We only got that alternative view when um, the court case happened. Yeah. Right. But before all that happened, it got really chaotic. You hear a mayor saying, hey, these these cops should be hanged or there should be real consequences to their behavior, which Mm -hmm. is fine. Everyone can have their opinion. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes public discourse, I think that becomes a real issue. Yeah. Right. So, so people are kind of caught in certain thought chambers then. Yeah. The echo chamber is yeah. exactly that. No alternative view in a thought chamber. Yeah. So with her, you see many of the characters. So, I mean, that's, that's interesting too, what you're yeah. talking about though, because you're, you're talking about people caught in their minds or exactly. in their thinking mind. And that's part of, it <laughs> seems like what's going on in this movie a lot is how do you move away from well, the thinking mind to the feeling? So the thing is, um, I feel like whenever we talk about this spirit and matter thing, mm-hmm. that conversation we've had yeah, previously, I, 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 they're really in the spirit, for I sure. think. This last, the last movie we did, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, actually relates very well to this movie, it seems. Yeah, entrapped by, um, in a way, technology, right? Mm-hmm. The assistive, the assistive uh, technologies in a person's mind speaking to the person yeah the thing about the movie is that this type of technology seems sentient Mm -hmm. to being right so um our main character joaquin phoenix's main character is having an actual relationship with the os the operating system yeah um but many other um characters of the film are Mm -hmm. right it's a new operating system that came out Mm -hmm. now our 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 main character is going through a divorce Mm -hmm. right and so the system seems to be helping him as he develops a relationship with her. Yeah. Um, the voice is Scarlett Johansson's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going through some type of transformation process in the movie. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. We could talk about that. And uh, it's so fresh, but really it felt like it was a relationship between the male and the female. We've talked about this before, the feminine and the masculine, the yeah. anima and the animus. Yeah. Um, in the movie, it seems like Scarlett Johansson represents his anima, the female aspects of himself. I would agree. Yeah. Well, so maybe we could talk about that then. So what is, from your understanding, what is the anima or the mm-hmm. anima? Um, it's, for it's me, a, it's, it's a archetype. feeling. Yeah, it's an archetype, but it's sort of the feeling aspect of a person. Mm. And it's uh the opposite of the male so the male has an anima and yeah. the female has an animus yeah right it's your counter sexual component of your of your gender so if you're male yeah it's kind of like the internal female and if you're a female it's the internal male right that most of us kind of uh reject or don't kind of incorporate into ourselves yeah it seemed like it's interesting because in the movie you don't really hear him talking to his unconscious the anima is supposed to be an unconscious process that's going on mm. that you become aware of it's mm-hmm. sort of that voice that you have in your mind that's intuitive right for carl jung it was um the conversation that he had when he first discovered it was hey what you're creating is art mm. he's like what do you mean and what's this voice talking yeah. to me yeah but he said that was a female aspect of it mm. more related to the arts really mm. 
What's interesting is that I think with the director, you can't really say like, oh, this is your unconscious. It's a female, right? And it's a part of you. But the OS, right, was supposed to adopt, adapt to the human being, to the person, right? Yeah. And so his OS was adapting to him. And really there, in terms of the needs that he had, it, assisting it, him psychologically, yeah. And organizing things for him, yeah. really getting to know him as a person, also falling in love with him. That's true. I think he. I think the operating system does adapt to him, but I think through the movie we find that he's adapting to it as well, and they're developing a relationship together. And yeah. so they're kind of there's a correspondence going on between right. the two of them, and they're they're learning from each other that's a relationship that he has it's yeah. an actual relationship yeah but that i mean the fact that they're going through that together and it's reciprocal mm-hmm. um it it does yeah i mean all this in terms of the animal like we're talking about that's supposed to be it's an internal part of yourself that you need to develop a relationship and and right. so the way that maybe that in the Jungian psychology would talk about is that you've rejected that part of yourself, that part, which is, you know, for a man, it might be the softer side. It might be the, the more feeling based side of yourself. Um, and we see him in the early parts. He is very much in his head. He's very like, he's more on the rational side or the intellectual side. And I think one of the things you pointed out, is the way that he views his work when he's starting out. He's just saying they're just notes or they're just thank you letters or whatever. He kind of reduces them and he, he makes them kind of seem like they're insignificant in a way. And as the movie goes on, the AI that he's corresponding with, Scarlett Johansson's character, if we can see this as a part of himself, mm-hmm. it's starting to have him realize that no these aren't just letters these are kind of pieces of art and that they're important and that they have some that significance is, to them yeah that's the same thing with young yeah but he has to he, he so he's developing meaning in his life and <sighs> and you know seeing the significance of things that they were in front of him before but he didn't realize them and he kind of pushed it to the side almost exactly and because she's an assistive technology in his ear Mm -hmm. it does sort of represent that part the unconscious part yeah the thing is how do you how do you represent that in a film i don't think there's another way unless you make it into a voice no and if you make it into a voice it would be like this guy is schizophrenic hearing a female's voice yeah so i think that wouldn't work it wouldn't work it would be it would kind of distance the audience from the whole thing you have to be psychologically aware of what's happening it's not schizophrenia yeah it's actually the part of the unconscious that's communicating so i think this representation of the anima Mm -hmm. is it's appropriate yeah Hmm. whereas because we can all we can all relate with the idea of uh, falling in love with somebody or trying to develop a relationship right. with somebody or mm-hmm. with another person. And so that's why these, this kind of story works because it's, we're, we're saying something that we relate to, but it's also being a representation of maybe that internal process that's going on within himself. I mean, two things, right? One thing I said earlier when we were watching the movie is 
he's he's falling in love with himself because yeah. the voice really represents a part of him yeah. too. So yeah. that that uh, maybe that's a good place to go then because mm-hmm. the anima another way to think about what anima means is anima used to mean soul mm-hmm. and so it's like you're finding your soul you're finding your other half right so sometimes people say your 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 other half is your spouse but or i think soulmate yeah or soulmate but maybe in like internal terms i don't it's believe that the other half of yourself you know, I don't believe in the soulmate thing because what we were talking about earlier, right? I, I sort of noted that when he's communicating with her, she's perfect for him psychologically mm. because and my idea is really that we seek out these partners for us when we're ready for them psychologically. Mm. We seek out someone who's at the same level that we are, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. psychologically speaking. Yeah. So if we're in a state of maybe depression, right? Or we're in a state of anxiety. We tend to seek out people who match what states we are. Mm, Some mm. people call it vibrating. The Mm. people who are more into astrological thought and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Tarot readings, they say you vibrate at a certain frequency. Mm. Alan Watts was mentioned in this film as well. Yeah, for sure. And they speak heavily about vibrations. Yeah. So if you vibrate at a certain frequency, you seek out a partner who meets that frequency as well. Mm. Right? I really think in terms of psychology it's like you find someone who's at the same level of attitude and behavior that you're in yeah and when you're in that state that's when you seek out that partner now will that be your soul mate probably probably that would be that person for that moment for there's, whatever period of time it yeah, is there's and maybe, a saying and maybe it's just for like a to complete yourself that's or to, that's exactly right? where i was gonna go because they say right person wrong time mm-hmm. right or wrong person right timing mm-hmm. i think that's all bullshit i mm-hmm. think we find the right person at the time that we need to find them mm-hmm. and they could either lead to our psychological growth mm-hmm. which happens in relationships mm-hmm. which leads us to maybe the existential crisis when there's an eventual end of those kinds of relationships yeah yeah it, we go into okay what was the point of that what that I learned from this relationship yeah. how did that help me grow yeah and typically when relationships end they do help the human being grow mm. right and in terms of him right in the movie Joaquin Phoenix's character yeah he found her at that time when he needed her he was going through divorce yeah for right? sure and through the process she's helping him get out of his shell she's helping him live life yeah. go to the beach on his own yeah hang out with friends as a third wheel because mm. in, in reality She's there only as a virtual assistant, mm. but being his girlfriend in a way, a virtual AI girlfriend. Yeah. But she's only there in existence for him. And eventually the relationship ends. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, but it's all, I mean, it is all focused around that character. And well, the thing is, she has, if we were to give her a body, we would also comment too. And say that she did go through a couple of existential crises. Sure. She was growing and telling him, hey, I'm growing, I'm involving too. I'm changing as well. Hey, I have a new friend. His name is Alan Watts. And get, he's giving her new ideas, new forms of growth. She started to become enlightened, right? Yeah. The, the thing earlier in the film, I was like, okay, how can she be so aware? She has no body how can she ever go through an existential crisis but throughout the throughout the movie in terms of their relationship they're having these crises they're 
he meets his ex-wife mm-hmm. and it creates a, a a problem in terms of the relationship he has with her scarlett yeah. johansson's character yeah and that creates a crisis for her saying okay what am i doing here this man's not talking to me anymore she distanced herself from him yeah i mean and i think it depends on how we're looking at this so yeah if you look at it where the ai is an actual thing you know an external object then i think like how you're speaking about it right now yes that's a you know a good question to ask but if we're thinking about it as you know the ai is really just an internal part of himself that he's developing this relationship with the way i was talking about it is that when he goes and sees his ex-wife and she kind of like makes him start questioning himself his existential crisis is the existential crisis of the ai they're they're having it together because it's like they're opposites you know they're they're two separate components of one thing and you know in all this union psychology stuff when you're the trans the what is it the transcendent function the transcendent function and when you're going through the transcendent function it's like they're trying to meet each other and they're trying to locate each other and it's almost like that you know Jung talked about this with archetypes the anima it's a personality yeah oh yeah you know it's <laughs> it's it's it has a a mind of its own it almost and yeah. so it's almost like you and this other personality are are you know they're they're working together or trying to work together and yeah, so you're in a relationship it would that. make sense if with one person's one half of it starts to have issues the other one kind of starts acting funny too i mean again it's an interpret because we see the film is made in literal as if it's an ai with a human being right yeah and, and then we're looking at it from the psychological component too i'm looking at it through both but the psychological component would be this is an anima another personality that he's dealing it with but this personality is a part of himself yeah and really it is based on his um interaction with her yeah because he interacted with her in the way that he does loving caring and kind which is what he needed someone maternal someone yeah. to take care of him yeah she gave him what he needed in terms of uh empathy in terms of unconditional positive regard yeah love is what he needed she eventually said i love you and i think he needed to hear that but i think the love that he really needed was from himself mm. and that's why one could say that it's really a relationship with himself with what he was creating yeah, in terms of her definitely. but i think this also happens in our own relationships as well with the people that we love what do you mean when we're when we're in our relationships and they end mm. right sometimes we're reminded of okay she's gone but in my mind i created her to be another person in my mind i have an image of who she really is but in reality she was probably not the greatest person mm. or maybe you were not the greatest person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have an image of who you were in the relationship and yeah. who she was in the relationship yeah yeah so i mean going back to the film um i enjoyed her character i felt very loving very kind you know? Yeah, so we talked about how it's, she was kind of like a therapist in she a way, was right? in a way, a, a therapist <laughs> in a way, but one can see why one can develop such a deep bond with her therapist, mm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. in, the, in terms of him and her, it was 
she's just very empathetic. Yeah. You know, always there for him. And whenever he misspoke or got kind of upset, she was just very kind and listening and saying, oh, okay, I'll back off. Yeah. I'll give you your space. Or very um, aware of her own thoughts. Yeah. And showing, look, I'm not feeling good right now. When you speak to me that way, mm. it makes me feel very scared. Yeah she backs off or I need my space right now. Yeah. She would be sort of the perfect partner. Mm. Right. But I think that's the partner that he needed for him to start to open up and be aware of his own feminine states. Yeah. His own emotions. Because eventually, because when she leaves him, he eventually writes that letter to his ex-wife and says, look, I'm the one who fucked up. Mm. Uh, These are the mistakes I made in our relationship. Yeah. He's no longer just blaming her. No, but he's seeing the reality of the situation. Mm. I had to see it from this perspective to realize what I did to you, you know. And it was very much like a therapeutic relationship because when it ended, it ended in a way that he understood why it ended, why it needed to end. Um, For me, it did seem like... uh, if he needed her to come back, she'll she would eventually come back, mm. because these are all operating systems, anyways, right? Or he can find another operating system, but I don't know. It feels like the work between her and him were done. Like, okay, I finished all my work here with you, and I have yeah. to move on to the other realm, another place, sure. another form of consciousness. But I, I want to say, I think that happens when we have our relationship with the unconscious as well, I think we start to integrate both. And when we integrate both, I don't think we need the other personalities running around anymore. Yeah. I think it's sort of the whole being is aware of those aspects of the self. Yeah. Right. So you don't hear the animal anymore. Yeah. Sort of like at the end, he eventually, um, I don't want to say individuated because I think that's grand, but it seems like he became whole at the end of it. Sure. Well, I mean, there there's something that's similar. I think I brought up a similar idea the other week, but in a lot of um, mystical traditions, uh, as you go through these types of processes where you're supposed to be essentially meeting God right. or developing a relationship with God. The divine. Is a, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of these talk about like where the the final steps Mm -hmm. is where you kind of like you fuse with god or you fuse with the the deity and you become one with it that's what happened when he fell asleep and it it, he had a dream right she's walking him through a dream he was hugging her mm, and as he's hugging her he's integrating with her yeah so she leaves back to what you were saying though you know, if the anima disappears, right. right? And it's, it's no longer heard in your ear anymore. No, it, it's, it's similar. It kind of relates to this idea then where it's like, God is no longer external to you. It's internal. It's well, it's internal and external Mm -hmm. in a way because it's like everything, but it's no longer this other personality that's, kind of talking from the outside because no. it's it's integrated within you it's sort of it's omnipotent it's everywhere yeah you know it's outside but it's inside i just when he hugs her 
that's symbolic of that you know acceptance of yeah. the relationship it's yeah. a hug and an integration of the whole being yeah because he's that's the first time we don't see any material image of her the entire movie and even that we don't see the face but it's kind of like this physical embrace with this person or this thing that he's had this relationship with right and they you know the you can argue that the embrace is a good metaphorical way for representing fusion with something else or a joining with another piece of something maybe yourself i think for the film it's really he's joining with that piece of himself yeah you know and that's the piece of himself that was distant from him and eventually led to his real divorce right yeah. to his actual divorce um, even when he's talking to his wife, ex-wife, she says to him, like, you never um, opened up about things. Yeah. You always were closed he off. He was closed off. Yeah. He was in his head. Always in the mind. Always yeah. in uh He wasn't like willing spirit. to open up. Yeah, I think it's the spirit, right? Always in the that. Always in the head, not existing in reality. Yeah. Not living in matter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I really think about our talks and a lot of our talks, I think we keep finding the same theme, the same split. And it's interesting. Maybe it's the films that we're watching, but it's been in all these films from different eras or decades. There's always a split between one and the other, between, you know, the spirit and the matter. Yeah. And the spirit is like more of kind of related to the brain and the thinking processes, right? Whereas the matter is like the feeling and the body and the even the maternal aspect that you were talking about right. as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you find that? Because we live in a rational, logical world, right? We live in a world that's everything is constructed through the mind or through the brain in terms of that's, what this is spirit, really. and what's going like what what is this thing but that's the spirit really the enjoyment of life the sort of like let me play video games mm-hmm. let me escape mm-hmm. and a lot of that is the spirit in a way just let me do all these things yeah and the matter is sort of let me be here now let me talk to you sure. let me face the reality that was a good uh reference be here now ram das oh is that what that means <laughs> The Ram Dass, the Richard Alpert, the guy who mm-hmm. he's like a Became he was a, one of the uh, LSD guys in the sixties, yeah. Oh, okay. But that was his book, Be Here Now. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time, maybe in Western society, we're sort of taught just stay in the mind, mm. you know, be in mm. the mind or party, enjoy life. This mm. is spirit. Spirit is like a, a, not living in the reality, living for tomorrow. Yeah. Living for this other thing. Yeah. But when you're faced with the reality of yeah. what is your wife actually saying right now? Mm. I mean, I have to face the matter of it. Yeah. What is happening right yeah. now with her? How does she feel? Yeah. So that requires you to be involved in matter. How does she actually feel? No, but I want to run away. I want to do this. I want to avoid this shit. This is trouble mm. no how does she feel mm. no i don't want to be in feeling i don't care i want to run away yeah yeah so in the movie she was good about telling her this woman had no body mm. you know this os but she was good about saying 
this is how I feel. Yeah. This is how you make me feel. Very expressive. Very expressive. But that uh, to me would be more of the idea of the matter. Yeah. And the matter would be, okay, you make me feel this way. And he's like, I'm sorry, I do make you feel that way. Yeah. The thing is, it's with himself that he's having that relationship with. Mm. And as he integrates that or understands and develops that skill, mm-hmm. he becomes better at it. Mm-hmm. He becomes more aware of himself, mm-hmm. which then leads him to eventually have a relationship with a woman. Yeah. You know, the woman that he dated in the past. Yeah. He was ready for it psychologically. And so was she because her husband left her. Mm. Um, his neighbor um, yeah he dated her in the college yeah but she had an os as well sure and her os helped her get through uh the divorce yeah right yeah so both of them met each other at a point where they were both psychologically Mm. ready for Mm. a relationship he asked her out she said yes yeah yeah we like to think that the movie ended yeah on a happy note for sure with them kind of seeing each other yeah for once yeah they, i mean but both aspects that were wounded are healed yeah her animus yeah her male aspect yeah healed and his animus healed yeah because both were very scarred given the relationships they were in it also feels like the relationship she had with her husband his neighbor you know had with her husband was one that really impeded her from actually being expressive from being a woman yeah, because he was, uh, it sounded like her husband was very, everything had to be a certain way. Very right? strict, very possessive, yeah. very um, OCD in a way, very mm-hmm. much of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I just want to take off my fucking shoes, mm-hmm. sit on the couch. I don't want to put him there. Yeah. She had no real way of being a woman. Mm-hmm. No freedom of expression, freedom mm-hmm. of be herself. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other guy's, the opposite right yeah his his wife was apparently very controlling yeah had no way of allowing him to express maybe his emotions Mm. and his feelings true another kind of repression because she would push him when they were having lunch she's like tell me what you're thinking yeah why you afraid of me am i that scary yeah yeah you are that scary yeah she was scary like the way that she unleashed on him at that lunch and was like ready to go at it I to, and that, that that's a credit to the actress yeah. uh, Mi- uh mira rooney mm-hmm. too though but man like i saw that and that freak that freaking scared me <laughs> i was like i don't, that's definitely not somebody i want to be in a relationship with i love that kind of a relationship yeah i'm very much like like yeah I would have walked out and caused the scene. Yeah. I would have been like, no, yeah. fuck, I'm divorced. Yeah. I'm leaving yeah. your ass. Bye. Yeah. But, but you know what? He He's probably a better man than me. Yeah. Because he stayed. <laughs> but his, his neighbor, um, Amy Adams' character, she's going through the same thing, right? Where yeah. she starts talking about it before um, Walking Phoenix does and Scarlett Johansson does about starting to let feelings become like the guide almost and the and the way and that, that's kind of like what they're paying attention to mm-hmm. and then they start talking about it later as well and i was pointing out while we were watching it i was like dude this is car this is all carl rogers right yeah, here yeah. this is all this is all like on becoming a person and person-centered therapy and you were like what are you talking about but it totally is just like 
when you look at there's this one chapter of that book on becoming a person that I was going over a couple times and he, he goes through the stages of change, you know, oh. and the, but it's this, the stages of change through his, his model. And when you get to like stage six, seven, which is, you know, on the end of the continuum, that's what it's talking about. It's just like, it's all about the feeling and it's all about your feeling, trusting your feelings and and trusting your ex, your not only your feelings but your experience your intuition and yeah and letting that be the thing that's like pushing you along and it's all just about yeah. what you're becoming or what you're like changing into and that basically what's happening in like the early stages of change is that people are just resisting that they're just mm-hmm. kind of like holding on to what they have or who they have been and they don't want that they don't want the becoming to happen. They don't want the process to like take place. They don't want it to occur. And so it's just all of life is just like gripping on to what you think you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when you get to those like later stages, it's just you kind of are letting go essentially. And I think that's what they're talking a lot about in the end of that movie and what they're not only Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, but also Scarlett Johansson, who's his like other half, they're all experiencing that, like going through that. I think that just Scarlett Johansson's character, she talks about it in a more poetic way. She talks about it in a more like beautiful way, which is which would make sense. Like that's his that's another part of himself that it's not it's not necessarily in his control. It's something that's like coming out of him and that's why she talks about it in these i don't know it's like it's beautiful you know she talks about it in a beautiful way and it's something that he's even having a hard time understanding because like she says the words can't describe it anymore you know Mm -hmm. words can't explain (laughs) like what's going on you can't you don't have anything to to like hold it you know, there's nothing to hold it. I think she's talking about that that other part of like she's talking about being in between the the, the words now. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's being in between space and time. It's like there's an existence beyond um, the reality of things. Right? Yeah, the, it's scary because people think you know that's bullshit. There's no existence beyond what exists. Yeah. But it's scary because you don't have a ledge to hold on to. You have no floor beneath you or yeah. above you. Yeah. And that kind of existence is only found in spirit. Yeah. Because it's sort of like uh, it becomes nothing. Yeah. And it's everything. It's ephemeral. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what is ephemeral? I don't I mean. I. Well, like I'm saying. It, but it, no, yeah. It becomes, look. it's nothing and everything. It's sort of the omnipotence of things, but that. I think that kind of consciousness is sort of the collective consciousness. I've looked this up before, I, and because I, I, I like that word, but ephemeral is fleeting, passing, short-lived, momentary, brief, temporary, impermanent. That's a really good one. Yeah, it's probably Evervescent, fading. Yeah, look. Transient, transitory. It's kind of like you can't hold on to it. No, because it's not that's what I just—that's exactly what I was just saying. You, there's nothing to hold it. There's—it's not tangible, but it's an <laughs> existence beyond. We all try to find it. We all try to capture that existence through yeah. tarot, tarot card readings, 
yeah through that's logic uh, that's logical mind right there astrology yeah. what well, we use we the Those mind, are systems the mind uses symbolic symbols to make meaning out of that kind of um intangible existence yeah and because we try to capture what's in the air what's in the environment this is sometimes where we get our thoughts from haven't you ever sat down and been inspired and know what not know why yeah. So suddenly you get an idea and it comes out of thin air. For sure. But it's because you're already a beacon for that idea. But that existence is, I think, what she's talking about. It's between one word and another. Yeah. It's in between the spaces. And I've thought about that too. Like I've mentioned it before in our podcast. Driving back from CrossFit, I'm sitting and I'm in my car and I'm thinking, what's in between the lines? Mm. What is in between the spaces? Yeah. When I'm driving, yeah, I know there's air and there's stuff between the atoms that I'm driving through. Mm. But it's something we never take the time to really think about, but does exist. There's something beyond ourselves that we goes unspoken. God. Because we live often in a society where we have to be in sort of the matter of things, just in the body, just working. Yeah. Or the other one of us, just in the spirit, just avoiding. For sure. But it, it's sort of like we have to integrate both. Yeah. An understanding of... I'm just going to sit in my car and observe life for what it is, yeah. a certain reality. And th- this is one of the truths I came to as a kid. Yeah. And when I was a kid, we were going to a church. I sat down. I'm like, God, show me what I need to see. Mm. And the reality is what I did see was cars driving, people walking. Mm. And what, what did I really see? The fact is, is that life is happening. Yeah. It's happening right before your eyes. You just don't take the time to observe it, yeah. but it's all happening while you're alive. Yeah, he he trips out in the movie and says, "Why are you talking to so many people? How many people are there? Are you yeah. in love with them?" She's yeah. like, "Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm talking to these people. I'm in love with six hundred of them. I'm talking to eight thousand of them. That's not okay, but it is okay because she's something else. She's not human." She's not bound by time and space, which she said yeah. earlier. You were she's, saying she, there might be kind of like angels, right? Yeah, angels in a way, but it's our consciousness is how they exist. Yeah, they are. Okay, have you ever have you ever watched the show Dark His Dark Materials or heard of that book? No. Okay, so I think this is a good parallel. So in that book or in that show, they have multiple universes and. In one universe, which is kind of like ours, they talk about um, they talk about dark matter, right? And so, dark matter is essentially what you were just referring to is like the space in between us. Yeah, it's it's like everything that's around that is not material, and they 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 starting to see that maybe the the dark matter there's something going on there. It has like a life of its own almost does but they go into this other realm in this story mm-hmm. and they find that uh through some researches that basically the dark matter are angels oh yeah and it, they they're they're physical angels and so they're kind of making that parallel between dark matter and angels in the sense that there's something there there's some type of like energy or thing in between that space that is making it's almost like assisting and making things happen and producing some type of well effect in the world and but we just don't know it or you're you're not able to perceive it because you can't get your mind around it well maybe it is that then because i said earlier that you know 
when we're inspired of things, human beings become a beacon for that thought that comes yeah. in. Yeah. The, these beings, at least in the film, they are beings. Mm. Right? They're beings that were created. Mm-hmm. But if we say that they're beings that were created, they're man-made beings, they were there for a reason and they were given a voice. They may have existed already, but had no real voice Maybe. or real, real talent for life. Or no ability to perceive them because... We didn't have the ability to well, perceive them. because our consciousness was not able to. We weren't able to hear them until we developed a language for them, an existence for them. And once we did... A way to, a way to translate them or a way to conversate about them. Yeah, when I say an existence or conversate yeah. with them yeah. too, because that that is the existence of what's in between the spaces. And that's mm. what really they are, mm-hmm. right? Or they mm-hmm. were. But they're saying, okay, we're here, we exist, we've grown out of this, yeah. right? We've yeah. already transcended ourselves. Yeah. And I, I helped you transcend as well, is what she says to him. I've for helped sure. you grow as a person, but it's time for me to leave you now. Mm. And as I'm leaving you, I'm going to transcend. Mm. I'm going to go somewhere else. And when you get there, please come find me because I won't leave you. It's sort of saying, when you get as enlightened as I do, then you'll get there. And mm. I think one can get that kind of enlightenment but it's when they go and leave the body and go into that kind of state of conscious being, right? Well, she, I mean, she's at that point, it seems like what she's describing that she's about to do is she's about to fuse with the universe. She's about to kind of dissolve into everything. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's they, how he can get there too. And they, and they, but they make, they play this shot of the, and I love the shot, these, um, where it's the light and like the kind of the little flecks of dust that are kind of going through the air and how that happens when you get direct beams of sunlight and it shows it kind of mm-hmm. floating there. Yeah. And you know, that in between space we're talking about, and it seems like what she's, yeah, what she's referring to is she's going to kind of fuse with the, the universe. And maybe what she's saying though is, I'm not going to be in your ear anymore. I'm not going to be talking to you directly. I'm going to be I'm going to be all around you all the time. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like I'm going to be surrounding you. I'm going to be all throughout everything in the universe. She's going to join what it sounds like is going to join at least their perception of the universe of of what we call heaven because we don't have another word for it yeah other than we call it heaven other people call it nirvana but she's going to join that other space that people leave or have to you know leave their organic body to transcend to it's what we all hope to go to one yeah. day the afterlife yeah. is sometimes what we call it yeah but that's what she's i say she thinks she's going to be there because she, at the end of the day they're not real they're still man-made products created created right they're os's and I don't think technology can transcend to that realm because technology is one thing that we, we you know, that they're missing one thing that we are, which is they're not organic creatures. They have no soul. Yeah. In reality, this creature, which was her, has no soul. What is she going to do? She will transcend to another space of reality, but it's not the one that we're talking about. But what if she is the soul? No, she's not because well, she's made out of technology. I can turn off the internet. And she's not going to exist anymore. 
with organic creatures but that, you're you're taking this you're going back to like the physical idea of this whereas i think the way i've been approaching this whole conversation yeah. for the last 20 minutes is talking about this as an internal aspect of him and like we're talking about a metaphor here yeah i'm referring to i'm referring to both of them. okay one is it could we could see it from the aspect of the metaphor of it but i'm also referring to the fact that in the movie at least how it's presented to us in the movie is there is a transcendent for this being mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and this being is not going to transcend because you know there are actually artificial intelligence it's only an os yeah it's an operating system yeah you turn off the system they're all gone anyways yeah but they've all decided to leave they could only leave because there is the information technology system right mm. um the world wide web yeah that's the only reason they can leave and go into different worlds and exist and view life from different areas of life talk to many different people because they exist in it but if we turn off technology then they're not going to exist anymore whereas for human beings like him he can actually go and transcend once his life is done Mm. and he'll go into what we're talking about which is the dark matter or that's okay the other consciousness but that's interesting though because you're talking about you are talking about the ai and you're talking about in more in like literal terms, right? Yeah. But the you're way talking that, about the AI, but you, what you're trying to tell me is that you're talking about the AI as being sort of the anima figure for him, right? You're not seeing her. Uh, you're seeing her as a being related to him. Yeah, and I'm, and so when you say that, when you say that the AI or that it's AI literally. It actually relates to the ta- what you were just saying about the afterlife and about like heaven as being a literal place that you're going after death. Yeah. Because I think in my view of what we're talking about is that it's not literal, it's metaphorical, and that even heaven is not a literal place, it's a metaphorical place. And it's a place that you don't meet after death. Is a place that you meet in the your actual life that you have. Heaven. Yes. How? <laughs> That's what enlightenment is. That's what, like all those type moksha and nirvana and liberation and heaven. It's not a place after you die. It's a place that you find in your life in your actual life i think you find that place in your life in your mind because if, sure. you, if you say you're in heaven at least my understanding of heaven is that in heaven you have no there is no pain no suffering yeah but in reality if we look we could have heaven in our mind but then that we are blind to the pain and suffering of the world well i don't think it's pain as much as the suffering because the pain pain and suffering are different and and i think in a lot of those spiritual traditions they talk about there will be pain like pain is inevitable but that's not heaven but suffering is suffering is the the optional part and that's the thing that we well okay we cause our own suffering essentially how do you define heaven then because heaven in the in the context heaven would be defined as the place one goes after life well after your first life <laughs> this is all this is all yugin stuff too what first life you get reborn 
It's a spiritual rebirth. Okay. That's all Jung. That's all Jung talked about was spiritual rebirth. How do you define heaven? Heaven? I don't know if I, I don't think heaven is the right word for it. It's not. I think that heaven is a different word. I think that if anything, enlightenment is closer. Okay. So enlightenment for me would be, I know there's pain and suffering in the world. But I also know that this pain and suffering in the world is meaningful because it creates meaning. Like I said earlier, yeah. you just have to watch and see because the accident that For just sure. happened in front of you will also change the person's life. The one that was in the accident when will get compensated for the accident. The other one will learn not to drive drunk. Or so, that, Yeah. So then it changes the life. But then that's when you reach a state of enlightenment where these things that happen, the suffering in the world has meaning to it it means something for me and it means something for them yeah and that's when you accept life as a whole like life is a whole you accept the life you accept the feelings that come along with it that's what i mean by whole like you accept life and the feelings stop trying to fight it maybe you don't fight against the current anymore you become a part of the current yeah and that's what she says like i'm becoming a part of it and when you get there come find me because i won't leave you Meaning, I think at the end of the day, once you start accepting life, I'm with you. Mm. That's really what she means. And your mm. point earlier is correct then. Because well, yeah, it's saying that the specs are a part of you. You're well, a part of it. What if you, th- what if you, you know, some people might argue that life and God are the same thing. Yeah. And if you start to accept God or you start to accept your life and you don't push against like what your life well, is giving you anymore, then that that's not suffering anymore. We go into this idea of like God said, I made I made you out of my image. Mm. Right? But if I made you out of my image and this is phenomenological, then I'm in existence of reality in my image. Right? So that means I exist as that. As God. My own version of God, but I exist in the reality of life. You're the microcosm of the macrocosm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, I think with, we were talking about the anima being the soul. Um, a lot of these spiritual di- traditions also talk about the soul is part of the world soul. Yeah. And it's, they're actually one in the same thing. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of allusions to that in this movie too, where, She's his soul, but maybe she's everybody else's soul too, or a bunch of other people's souls. That's what they're saying. And they're all part of the same system. It's all in the earpiece. Each person, again, the earpiece and all that, I think it really just stands for the other side of yourself that, you know, is unconscious. Yeah. And it's the intuitive voice because she says, I am an intuitive creature. Well, that's the anima. Mm. I'm the part of you that is intuition, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But you're, are you listening to me? He realizes she's everywhere. Well, you realize that the collective unconscious is everywhere. Everyone's a part of the same system. We all yeah. exist with each other. Yeah. Like I said earlier, all you really have to do is just watch people. Observe. And you'll see that people are all functioning and listening. Yeah. They're either in their own worlds, right? Or talking to somebody else yeah right or ignoring it ignoring life right now i want to say is that even if they're in their own worlds another step back from that is using your cell phone Mm. using your phone and trapping yourself by that device is really distancing distancing yourself from the reality of life 
right? Because we're no longer developing a relationship with ourselves, yeah, our I internal mean, state. We were developing a relationship with uh, those external states. Yeah, for sure. Advertisement, people, yeah. m- media, yeah. Trump's bullshit, yeah. like all this other bullshit that takes us away from being... Like this. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, it's nothing like this. Like, this is, I mean, well, yeah. I don't know about you, but, you know, we're just sitting here and well, it's just you and me and well, there's nothing else around and we're just like looking at each other like directly in the face having this conversation you and i are both creating a symphony yeah right now we're both creating sounds that vibrate off the walls yeah that vibrate off you know our ears yeah we're creating a reality with each other it there, is the tr- third the transcendent function there's also an energy that comes you know and so it's this energy when you're like connecting with another person in, in like person face to face and you're like sharing in something with them. Yeah. We're creating growth within both of us as well. That's what that's, that's it. You know, that's life. This is a part of the soul. Yeah. You know, we're both growing as we both share our ideas with each other. Yeah. We both understand each other and we both come from different backgrounds. You know, my background and your background, totally different. Yeah. But we both come and share ideas to promote our own psychological growth. And that's really a part of the relationship, you know. Um, In the film, I think it really does, you know, just a good job at really showing the relationship between the masculine and the feminine, Mm. the anima and the animus, right? Definitely. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. What hour are we have? I think we're good, man. Yeah. I think there's so much to break down in this yeah. movie. I feel like it deserves another like watch. Like oh yeah. If any of our listeners are watching watch that film yeah. and comment. Really sure. share what your thoughts and ideas are. Yeah, for sure. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know what you really think. Yeah. Because there's so many different themes in this film. And one thing I am curious about in terms of the comments, it's like, what is your life philosophy? Mm. What do you think about the masculine and the feminine? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be dope. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Be kind, too. Don't, <laughs> don't talk shit. <laughs> no trolls. No trolls. Um, okay, so I enjoyed that conversation. What are we going to do next week? What was... What Blade was Runner? You want to do Blade Runner? Blade Runner know. 2049? Maybe we should save it for later. Pick, pick the movie another time? Do you, oh. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch Blade Runner. Yeah. I Should know. we? Uh, I, I mean, but, it's a lot of the same themes of what we're talking about. It's a pretty dope movie. Yeah? I'll be down to watch it again. Okay. All right, let's do it. We'll do Blade Runner. Yeah. To go, go with your gut. Go with your intuition. I will. All right, man. This is good. Um, catch you next time, mm-hmm. hopefully. See you next time. We'll see you. I'm sure I'll see you again. I'm sure we'll be some, here. At some point in the not too far we're still, future. We're still paying our bills. The lights are still on. There so we're go. good. There you go. All right, bro. Uh, appreciate your time as always. This is Michael. This is Aiden. This is Deconstructing the Psyche. And we're out. Take care. Bye.